honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. So you are listening to the Strange On Purpose podcast. I am also being recorded, so I got to remember to look at the camera. Um, I just wanted to apologize for my absence. I had a death in the family, so I am just getting back into the swing of things and um, talk to the team. And we really want to take all things podcasting, all things that we're doing on our show to the next level. Um, So expect a change, um, expect exciting guests, expect us to be much better at this interviewing thing because it is something that we want to devote more time to because when we originally started, it's like, hey, like you've got a cool opportunity to talk to people and we're meeting all these people around the world. Um, Let's let's start a show, you know, let's give back to our community. So we really want to just take this to the next level Um, and to all of you guys listening out there if there is anyone that you want us to interview shoot us a message on instagram um, to any of our personal pages to our company page wherever that is or tweet at us um, linkedin wherever it is we appreciate all of that and we will do our best to get back to all of you and start interviewing those guests as well Um, because again we want to take all this to the next level also i keep forgetting to (laughs) to look at the camera so i'm just going to forget about it Um, but Really what's going on with me right now is, again, like company stuff, um, just making sure that we're crystal clear on us, making sure that um, we're heading in the right direction, working with our business coach to make sure that everything is on track and things are going well, Uh, you know, and then on a personal level, I just started a a gaming podcast just devoted to esports and everything video games. So that is helping me, um, again, just like get better at interviewing, get better at um, doing research and taking everything on that level, taking everything on that aspect to the next level as well. So I'm super excited about that. Um, And it's also super, super intimidating jumping into a new space, you know, and talking about video games, talking about esports, and not just talking about personal branding, not just talking about marketing or community building. Um, And that's really what we talk about in this episode with Michael J. Fox, who's going to be the guest um, that you'll hear today. And it was just a really, really genuine and really good conversation. And he's making a huge pivot from hey like my company just got acquired i'm going to work underneath this um underneath this boss now to hey i'm going to start a new company and jump in this completely different industry and that's something that i really wanted to talk about really wanted to dive into on the mindset side because it's something that i'm going through now and i know it's something that i'm going to continuously go through because i'm super weird and i always need to have my hands in multiple things i always need to be doing um different things and it's something that I'm going through now with um, the esports and video game industry thing as well. And I know it's something that all of you listening will probably experience as well because it's it's completely different, you know? Um, like, hey, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk marketing. I was, I was supposed to be on this um, esports panel that I had to bow out of because of um, the death of my family. Um, and it was, I was super nervous, even though I, I love panels and I never get nervous for panels and I never really prepare for panels because it's just something like, yo, like I, I can talk, you know, it's just a conversation. But when it came to esports and video games, regardless of how knowledgeable I am, it was like, wow, this is something new. 
this is something different than I'm used to and I'm nervous. So I really want to dive into that and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation because it was um, something that was super fun for me and he's super, super dope dude. But um, I hope you guys enjoy this. And again, if you could leave us any kind of words, any reviews, um, even the bad reviews, you know, we appreciate it all. Um, but again, expect everything that we do to go to the next level. Expect some major changes um, when it comes to this podcast. And again, any anyone that you want to see us, or anyone that you want to see us interview, or anybody's stories that you want to hear, let us know. Even if it's our own stories, let us know, and we will try to get back to all of you and try to implement that into the show. But here's Michael J. Fox, and yes, that is his name. Um, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Peace. All right, Michael, thank you so much for tuning into or for hopping on the Stranger on Purpose podcast. I haven't done this in a while. I haven't been on the show, and I apologize for that. But thank you for coming on. I'm excited to dive into your story, man. Um, and I know you're going through like this huge pivot in your life, which is where I really want to dive into. Before we jump into that, can you just introduce yourself, let people know where you came from and what you're working on? Yeah, I could definitely do that. Thanks for having me, by the way. Um, this is my first podcast, so definitely new really? Dude, hopefully you don't disappoint. Hopefully <laughs> it's not too weird. Yeah. Um, so where I've come from, um, I founded a company called eFaucets.com um, back in 2003. So one of the first internet companies, um, definitely in the Milwaukee area. Um, sold that in 2014 to a company by the name of uh, Hachoka Corp. Um, and I've kind of run under their plan for the last five years. Um, I had an exit strategy, which was, you know, this year ends that five-year period. Um, and really had the goal of, you know, basically after that five-year period going out and helping entrepreneurs, I think taking a lot of what we learned in e-commerce, um, and really now coming out to the masses in terms of small business, medium business market, um, taking a lot of that technology and then really wrapping around small businesses as we see that to be the next, uh, you know, e-commerce boom. It's now the small business boom. Um, if you look at the MarTech um, all the investments are going into technology for marketing, um, and really that's dependent on you know the adoption by uh, small businesses, which are now, I think, adopting the cloud and those marketing technologies. I think three times faster than uh, enterprise. I love that, man. Before we, I think there's a lot in there. Before we dive into the now, can you take me back to like? like idea phase like how how like when you're in the dirt you're in the weeds like how do you get this thing off the ground what's going through your mind like what did that actually look like e-faucets or the new business e-faucets e e was really it was at a time it was 2003 now you got to think about back then um the internet was still people were trying to figure their way around it was really i remember buying things off of ebay and amazon i was actually working for both home depot and lowe's building stores for them um, so physical brick and mortar, um, my brother f was one of the partners in terms of, uh, an online company out in California between 1999 and 2003. Um, I'll never forget. I was building the Lowe's in Wauwatosa here. Uh, and he, I got a phone call and he's like, you know, want to move back to, uh, Wisconsin. Um, wow. you know, so I'm like, okay. And he's like, <laughs> I, I want to sell faucets online. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> Like, who would buy such a thing online? Because we hadn't seen home improvement online. Um, and I remember then immediately going to the Lowe's and Home Depot websites. And I was like, they, this is 2003. They didn't even transact online yet. Um, you know, so really it was, you know, studying the marketplace. I think looking at demand. Um, I had a home improvement background. 
um, building stores, you really had to know their business models. Um, I looked at what my brother was doing, um, a lot of the data, and I could see this trend. Um, you know, so we really, at that point in time, um, really just looked at some of those trends and saw that there was a gap. And really, we felt that we could fill that need where a, a big box store, I mean, if you know how they're built, it's really, you know, a little bit of everything. Um, so like a faucet or a plumbing oil or the toilet and bath alley, it's really a handful of SKUs um, and really the lower end of the market. So we looked and said, hey, like, what if we took that aisle and just put it on steroids? So instead of just offering the basics, one or two, three brands, how do we basically give people everything from the high to the low um, and, you know, 300 brands of that so they had their options? Um, and at that point in time, that's really what we looked at. Um, you know, we were young enough that... Uh, totally. You know, it was probably late 20s at the time. Um, 32 when I probably quit my high-paying real estate job and jumped in. You know, when we started to see that it had momentum. Yeah. Um, you know, that's about when I quit. But a lot has changed since then. I think getting online was a lot cheaper. I mean, at the time, it was almost no cost other than your development time um, to code. So my brother was a coder. I ran all the, uh, the business aspects. Um, you know, when you look at today, it's a significant barrier to, to entry today yeah. um, where we, we would really have to think a lot more in terms of strategy and, uh, you know, customer journey in today's environment. You mentioned there that you were 32. You started at late 20s. You were 32 when you really left your high-paying job to jump into this. Um, for me personally, like, I was a fucking dumbass, dude. It's like, okay, like, I'm out of college. Like, I've got an idea. Let's go. And I think that's a lot of people today. Yeah. Like, super passionate, no money, or, like, they have something saved up. They've got an idea, but no real plan. Let's jump in. Let's do it full yeah. time. And, like, we see this from um, big-time entrepreneurs all the time. Just quit your fucking job and jump in and, like, you'll figure it out. And, like, for... In a sense, it worked out. I would not trade anything, but like I struggled for a very, very yeah. long time, at least for me, like three years, long, long time. I wasn't eating, you know, I lost a lot of weight. I wasn't happy. <laughs> um, for you, like, what would you say to people like me? And I know it was a different time, uh, but people like me, like maybe I don't want to encourage people to jump and quit their job. Like how can they set themselves up and how do they know when something does have that momentum? Yeah. Like you mentioned, like what does that look yeah, like? Yeah, I mean like definitely if you're young, you have less risk. I mean yeah. like when you're older and you have a family, um, then you've really got to think about that, you know, because you got insurance to take care of kids. Um, so I was probably just about having my first child when I made that kind of, at the time it was a risky, dumb move. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I really looked at, at that time, I, it was, I, I would consider it a side hustle. So for me, I looked and, you know, I was essentially working two jobs, um, you know, and I was kind of offering my expertise and going to shows and working with vendors. Um, but at the same time, I was, you know, I had a steady income and I didn't make that jump, um, you know, until I had, you know, confidence after two years that, you know, the money would be there. What, um, were, some, like, what were some factors that you're paying attention to, like? In terms of, okay, this is a real thing. Like, besides the fact that it's yeah. making money. But. Uh, no, it's definitely growth rate. I think seeing the growth at that time, it was pretty significant. Um, and we could kind of see the future, the adoption of the internet. Um, and we really kind of looked and just said, like, it was almost untapped, at least in home improvement. It was the last 
category of internet retail to, to take adoption. Um, so we saw that there was, you know, you had companies like Home Depot who were 90 billion overall and they were, you know, a couple, I think they were like 200 million at the time in online sales after our second year. So we, we thought there was a, a huge runway. Yeah. Um, and we really rode that as, you know, as far as we could. And it, it worked out, man. It worked out. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah. So talk to me about like more so than now. So like for me, again, me personally, like I'm starting a, a podcast really just diving into esports video games. And one of my dreams, one of my goals is to launch a team or invest in a team one day. Terrible business right now. I'm not going to do it right now. But one day when it, like, it makes sense, invest in a team. Um, the industry as a whole, it's something completely different than what I'm doing now. Like There's definitely things that I can apply, definitely skills that I can apply, but it's very intimidating. Doing it anyway, of course, because that's how I am. But can you talk to me like um, mentally, what's going through your head as you're starting something new, as you're doing this? Because you were just acquired, or you were acquired to work for that company, and now here I am. And we talked a little bit before this um, about like how people in that same company left to do something else and they're questioning like, how can you go start a company? Like, why not do this? Or can you just talk to me about like the mental aspect of that transition? Yeah, I mean, definitely there's, uh, there's risk involved. Um, you know, I looked at it like it's a new chapter, like uh, a chance to go out and conquer something else. Um, you know, definitely some of the things we're looking at is don't just jump and do something. I think really make sure you understand what you're getting into. You definitely should have a strategy, a roadmap. Um, make sure there's a viable business model because definitely after you start it, if you're looking for funding, those are going to be some of the first questions. Um, is what value do you bring um, to the consumers that are going to basically intake or digest your product? Yeah. How do you, how do you know if you have a business model? viable business model one is if you see traction with others i mean a lot of businesses are started they're really a copy of somebody else but you have a way to do it better um definitely to test your product out with people you know i mean just you looking at trends and and demand what are some things that you're looking at now with your new business well like now what i definitely noticed was you know like i wrote the let's just say the dot com um you know, which was 2001 and up, that is saturated. Um, you know, so you start looking at the trends now and go, okay, like the big companies, 800 pound gorillas, they've used every piece of technology. They're basically customer obsessed. Um, now you look at, it's the time for the small and the medium sized businesses. They've waited. I think they finally looked and said, hey, Amazon is kicking our butt. Um, they're taking our lunch. Um, now we've got to adopt to that. So I've been studying trends in like the NASDAQ, the stock market. You know, I think uh, when I sold my business in 2014, I remember there being only uh, 352 um, marketing technology companies providing software to the internet. I mean, the HubSpot, Salesforce. Um, Then there was the MarTech 5000, which was only two years ago. Now it's 7,000. So I started to see this trend that the, the biggest gains in the NASDAQ um, are in market, marketing technologies, and who are they for? They're for the small and medium-sized business. To now, it's a third time to shine. I think the issue is I then looked at service providers, um, and there really is no way any small business has the you know, expertise, the manpower, um, you know, whether it's marketing, development staff, to be able to go out and, and kind of vet 7,000 different companies. Um, 
So we saw that gap. So that's what we're trying to fill is, you know, how do we build a, a single platform, um, you know, one login where we can manage everything where I think today people are kind of doing a hodgepodge. That's dope. And you mentioned something in there that is totally like, it feels like common sense, but I pay attention to a lot to, especially young entrepreneurs, you mentioned solving a problem, which is like fundamentals of business. Uh, but it feels like so many people skip over that. Um, so what would you say to, again, like going back to like young entrepreneurs or maybe first time entrepreneurs, like how do they one, identify that problem? And then how do they make sure it's something that they're actually able to solve? I know it sounds like super just, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I think every business is solving a problem. I think most people are just doing something for a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really know why. Um, and I always ask, you know, people like, why Why did you start this? What did you do this for? Um, it can't just be because you wanted to, you know, make money or just start a business. There has to be an end game. Um, and if you look at somebody like Jeff Bezos or Amazon, their end game has always been to, to be absolutely customer obsessed. Um, and every day that's what they're doing. They're solving that problem. How do they basically reduce friction is really how I would look at it. Um, so in today's world, I think customers have all these journeys, wherever they're buying products or whatever the services are. And the issue is how do you make that a frictionless customer journey from start to finish? Um, and I don't think many entrepreneurs in this country today really focus on that. Mm. They just kind of jump into something. But that's, that's the, the question I think everybody should ask themselves. Can you dive more into the frictionless? I think I know what you mean, but can you dive into what that looks like from, let's say, just like the marketing solutions yeah. angle? Well, yeah, I mean, like friction um, yeah. in marketing would be, hey, I've got to go hire a web designer, step one. Um, you know, and, and I think most entrepreneurs running small businesses who need websites and technology um, don't really have a cohesive plan. So they just kind of go, oh, I need a website. And then uh, they hire a website designer who then isn't an SEO expert. So they design it one way and then they go, I need traffic. Now they go to somebody else and then somebody else will say, hey, well, your website didn't get designed with SEO in mind. Um, you know, now you got to go hire, a, you know, a marketing person. Um, to run ads. So it's kind of like, you know, you're now managing all of this you're all, and you know nothing about marketing, but you've got to go out and hire all these different people. So um, you've got multiple logins, multiple negotiations you've got to go vet. Um, so for us, you know, basically handling or reducing the friction is how do we give them one single source of truth? Um, they can log in, we provide transparency, we provide them access to everything whether we're doing it or they're just using some of the tools, um, you know, we're reducing that friction to make their life easier so they can go run their business um, and do what they do best. And, you know, we can do what we do best. I dig that. Can you take me back to the moment that you signed when you, when you were acquired? Um, I, one, I can't even imagine what that feels like to me. That's like, here's my baby. Like, I'm going to like sure. adopt my baby. Like, <laughs> That's, that's terrifying. I'm, I'm sure it's better because you're getting money for it, you know, but like, what's that feel like? Yeah, it's, there's a lot of up and downs. I mean, it, overall it is positive, but it is very tough to give your baby up. Um, you know, but any business that wants to grow, you have to do that in some regard, whether you're, uh, you're giving up control, somebody else is providing advice, um, but at the same time, you look at it and go, they're providing the funding. So, yeah, it's kind of their money. 
Um, and you do have to switch gears to understand how do I go from being able to do whatever I wanted to do to kind of now having to you know, fit within a structure, have somebody else provide their advice and opinions. Um, yeah, at the end of the day, they're, they're taking your baby. Um, I look at it today and go, hopefully they, you know, they'll continue to grow it um, so I can be proud of it and have that legacy. But yeah, you have to really learn that it's, it's now there as they, they completely control it. Um, you know, and I, I did pretty well in that environment. Um, you know, just, I think just based on personality. Um, and I really learned from it. I mean, definitely five years in that environment, it was really learning now how to go from entrepreneur growing up to, yeah. you know, really how do you think strategically um, and think like a, you know, a Fortune 100 company. That's so interesting. Um, for us, we had an offer. Um, someone wanted to buy us out um, within like the first, first few months of launching our company. Uh, we said no, but moving like from that point moving on, um, we've kind of just pushed and shrugged it all off because it's it's not a world that really any of us understand. I've always bootstrapped yeah. everything. So what would you say, um, I just had a conversation about this yesterday, and just super, super insightful. I learned a lot, but what would you say are some resources for um, first time again, first time entrepreneurs or just getting started or people that like me have always bootstrapped that are maybe like afraid to step into the VC yeah. slash angel world. Like what are some resources or where can we, what books can we read? Like who should we talk to? How can we learn more about this without actually saying, hey, here's my baby. Yeah. You know? um, I mean, definitely Google's a big source of it. Google you is know, nice. <laughs> it's uh, nice to have. Um, you know, definitely, I, I just remember a lot of my first um you know, inquiries were actually going to Barnes and Noble and getting legal books. It was, uh, you know, books that would introduce us not just uh, to VC money, because I think you have to be at certain stages, you know, to get VC money. But it was even learning about the angels and demons. Yeah. Um, so local people you may know, um, you know, that uh, could understand who's, who's going to take advantage of you, who's going to help you. Um, you know, but number one, I think it's definitely finding mentors. I think yeah. that was probably the thing I wish I would have learned a little bit earlier is you need to find people that have been through it. Um, you know, so my number one recommendation is get a mentor, you know, early on, um, somebody that has that experience. And it could be a number of mentors. Um, but yeah, you really need someone that's kind of been through it to be able to teach you um, because there's a lot of, you know, finance involved. And then like when you get into the process, I mean, they turn things upside down. Um, and I think, you know, you learn a little bit about your business, but, um, you really want to go into that prepared. Yeah. Yeah. thousand percent. I, again, I can't imagine. I, here's my baby, you know, We're like come in, come inside my family, come into my family. Uh, that's, that's scary. Very, yeah. very scary, but mad respect. And it's totally worked out. Um, what are you reading right now? Or honestly, do you read? Let's start there. Yeah, I do read a lot. Um, a lot of books on uh, branding, leadership, um, really more, you know, things that are more on the leadership level, you know, how to think strategically, how to budget time, how to set goals, really, uh, you know, that's probably the biggest thing I learned over the last five years. What's been your favorite book in the past five years? Um, Just go rapid fire now. It, Definitely, uh, it's, it's probably been like the last one I'm reading is the Netflix story. I can't remember the exact title, but it's more, uh, you know, how to build a uh, very fast paced, high intense or what they call urgency. 
yeah. uh, environment. You know, so the way Netflix works um, is really high expectations. Um, they kind of remove their HR department, mm -hmm. and it really, how do you get the most uh, production and success out of your team? So it's really revolved around team building. You should send me the name um, when you find that. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, what would you say if you could only pick one habit that's contributed to your success? What would that habit be? Uh, it's definitely goal setting. Why? Um, because you have to have goals, um, you know, to, to basically, I think, reach success and be, you know, have those uh, successes attainable. What does that goal setting look like for you? Because I know a lot of people, it's like, yeah, I want a team, I want to go to Mars, I want to blah. Like, what is that? How do you create smart goals? How do you create goals that, okay, I can achieve this? Yeah, I think it's like, I always, uh, my analogies always relate to like sports. So I think a lot of the things I'll talk about will be maybe like running a marathon. Um, because I think running a business is like running a marathon. It's very long term. Um, you can't do it all at once. And if you're training for it, you really need to set milestones. But I think number one is setting those targets. They have to be achievable. Um, and you need to back into it. So if I'm trying to run a marathon, I, I can't run 26 miles in one day. Um, but maybe you give me a year and I'm going to step into that. And I've got to then back into those milestones and say, hey, look, what does that mean I have to do every month as my new goal? And then I got to back that into what does that mean I've got to be doing every day in terms of my routines, you know, to, to hit that goal long term. I love that because I am a runner. Um, if you could only do one thing to generate leads, and I'm sorry, rapid fire, if you could only do one thing to generate leads for your company that you're currently doing, what would that one thing be and why? Um, I would say it's, for me, generating leads, it's going to be right now it's SEO um, because it's long term, it's evergreen, and it's uh, sustainable. That's a good answer. It's faster. I don't have another one for, <laughs> for, for rapid, but um, this is this is the question that we ask all of our guests that hop on the show. Um, so what what about you goes against the grain? What about you um, is strange on purpose? What makes you a misfit? Who? Um, what makes me a misfit is you know more conformity. So like you know I think that's one of the things I think that pushes me more to being the entrepreneur is I don't like to fit um, into those molds. Um, and really, you know, I, I do tend to kind of want to do things my way a little more, um, you know, and kind of go my own route. So I think that's kind of what makes me a misfit. Yeah, I love that. And then is there a question you, you wish I would have asked? No, not specifically. What question do you wish I would have asked? Let's go that. I'm going to force you to come up with it. <laughs> Um, it's a good question. Um, I don't think I have one. Okay. True. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you could leave, leave the guests, leave the people listening, um, with one thing, let's say they're starting a company, um, struggling to get it off the ground. That's all you know, what would you leave them with? The number one thing, you know, is it's, it's know your numbers. Um, like I've, I've, I've basically talked and consulted with so many people and what I'm finding out is they just don't understand the business model. Um, you know, so after you figure out why you're gonna do this and what problem you're gonna solve, um, there has to be a viable business model. Um, and I look at, you know, I, I spend a lot of time watching shows like Shark Tank, and I think you say this, you see the same thing on there. 
none of them or not enough of them know the uh, the, the numbers. I love that you mentioned that because especially again for people like me going back to the beginning stages or young um, stages like it's like okay I've got this idea I've got passion I've got talent I'm gonna run with it and I think that's a cool place to be in yeah right especially if you're young and you can make those mistakes but we're like just rolling into this our going into our second sorry we're just over a year old um, and if we didn't have our business coach like we'd be fucked yeah. <laughs> we had no idea what we were doing man. Uh, but she stresses you gotta know the numbers yeah. like how much money do you need to keep the lights on, yeah. right? Like, where are you going? Like, where, like, all of that. If you don't know that, you don't know your business. Yeah. If you don't know your business, you're not going to succeed. So I love, 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 yeah. love that answer. Um, and then lastly, like, where where can people keep up with you? Uh, how do they know? Oh, they can like, find me on uh, social media. So on social media. I've got a very popular name. So my name is Michael <laughs> J. Fox. Um, so from a social media standpoint, you know, I have a SEO. famous actor. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, you can find me on Twitter probably is where I've got the most following. I think it's over 30,000 followers there under, uh, Michael James Fox. Um, otherwise I run under, uh, a number of different, um, names, you know, real Michael J Fox would be the, uh, the one you'll find the most. Awesome. Well, I will put all of, we will put all of that in the show notes cause I'm not the one editing it. That is Ken. Uh, but we'll put all that in the show notes. I appreciate show notes. I appreciate you coming on, dude. No, thanks right, for yeah. having me. Really appreciate oh, it's it. It's a cool conversation.